Welcome to CII's podcast, The Voice of Corporate Governance. While this podcast is open to the public, the majority of our work is only accessible to current CII member organizations. If you would like information on becoming a member of CII, please visit our website at cii.org or contact our Director of Membership, Melissa Fader, with her email, melissa at cii.org. Thank you for listening and enjoy the episode. Welcome, everyone. This is a Council of Institutional Investors educational podcast. I'm Jeff Mahoney, General Counsel of CII. I'm here today with Professor Adriana Z. Robertson, the Honorable Justice Frank Iacobucci Chair in Capital Markets Regulation and Associate Professor of Law and Finance at the University of Toronto. Professor Robertson is the co-author of a recent research paper entitled Hidden Agendas in shareholder voting. Welcome, Professor. Thanks for speaking with us today. Hi, Jeff. Thanks very much for having me. Professor, in your research paper, you find that in over 88% of shareholder votes, investors do not know what they will be voting on prior to the expiration of the record date for voting at the shareholder meeting. Can you explain to our listeners why that statistic is important for institutional investors who may engage in securities lending activity. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so we have to start by remembering that lending is a bit of a misnomer. It's really more like a sale in a repurchase agreement. And so because of this, investors who've lent their shares aren't entitled to vote those shares while they're lent. And because the right to vote is determined as of the record date, usually something like 45 to 55 days or so before the meeting, an investor whose shares are lent on the record date won't be entitled to vote them. The upshot is that an investor who's interested in voting shares that are on loan needs to recall them in time to have them back on the record date. And that's where the hidden agendas come in. Because it turns out that about 88% of the time, right, when there is what we call a hidden agenda, investors don't have any way to know what they'll be voting on before the record date. So they have to make that recall decision in the dark, which means they have to decide whether to vote before they know what they'll be voting on. And even if investors get this right on average, there are surely times when they guess wrong, right? Times when investors, had they known what would be on the agenda, would have liked to have been able to vote, but they didn't. And other times when investors recalled shares in order to vote at meetings where, you know, as it turned out, there wasn't anything of interest on the agenda, and maybe the investors would have been better off collecting the lending income instead. Professor, your paper concludes that there's a simple solution that would provide shareholders who lend shares timely information about what they will be voting on at a company meeting. So what's your solution? Well, we think the easiest fix is for issuers to simply file their proxies on Edgar before the record date and unhide the agendas so investors know what they'll be voting on in time to decide whether or not they want to vote. So our specific proposal is that the SEC amend Rule 14A6B to require that the definitive proxy statement be filed no later than five business days prior to the record date. Right now, uh, they only have to be filed no later than the date on which they're first sent to or given to securities holders. Right? We would just add, or five days before the record date, whichever is earlier. Professor, if the Securities and Exchange Commission were to adopt your solution and require public companies to file 
proxy statements at least five days before the record date for the meeting. Is five days sufficient, given that share recalls generally have to be made three days in advance, and that some institutional investors might be facing, in some cases, over 100 meeting announcements on a single day? That's a great question. And you know, my co-author, Scott Hurst, and I went back and forth a lot on this. You know, I think more time would be better, uh, but we wanted to balance the benefits of counteracting hidden agendas with the costs to issuers of changing their processes. So we're certainly not wedded to five days. Um, we think that it's a way to, to make a, an improvement, uh, but it not, need not be the, the final answer. I think one point in favor of the five days would be that an investor wouldn't have to decide how to vote in time to recall, just whether they might want to vote. Uh, still, you know, I think that's that's probably the part of the paper that we're most open to tweaking. Professor, the Securities Exchange Commission recently issued two proposals that impact securities lending. The first issued last September would amend Form N-PX to require certain institutional investor funds and managers to disclose how their securities lending activity impacted their voting. The second SEC proposal issued last November would require lenders of shares to report the material terms of their securities lending transactions to a registered National Securities Association, which would in turn make public certain information about each securities lending transaction, as well as aggregated information about securities on loan and available for loan. What's your view of these two SEC proposals? Should one or both of these proposals be supported by institutional investors? That's another really great question. Um, both of these proposals are outside the direct scope of our paper, but I think they're consistent with the general thrust of our paper, which is to improve transparency for the benefit of investors when it comes to securities lending. You know, I think both proposals would be beneficial to institutional investors, especially those that invest through pooled accounts, as they probably don't know how much of that is being lent and how that's affecting voting right now, right? Because at the moment, it's difficult for them to determine how much of a pooled fund uh, is lending and or recalling. And I think investors might have good reasons to care about this, especially with the increased salience of voting on ESG and other matters. So it's easy to see why an investor might want to pick a fund that recalls or doesn't recall to vote, and this would help them do that. Obviously, there's a cost to this information, too, and we'd want to be sensitive to that. But you know, my guess is that market actors, and I guess I'm thinking of lending agents here, would be able to come up with this information fairly easily and without too much cost. That concludes our podcast episode. On behalf of the Council of Institutional Investors, I want to thank Adriana. Z. Robertson, the Honorable Justice Frank Iacobucci Chair in Capital Markets Regulation and Associate Professor of Law and Finance at the University of Toronto. If you have any questions or comments regarding this podcast, please feel free to contact me at Jeff, J-E-F-F, at C-I-I dot O-R-G. Until next time, I'm Jeff Mahoney. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Voice of Corporate Governance, brought to you by the Council of Institutional Investors. 
The Voice of Corporate Governance is a free, non-sponsored podcast that highlights critical developments in corporate governance and other important issues affecting institutional investors. The views expressed by those interviewed on the podcast do not necessarily reflect the views of CII or its members. For more information on CII and its policies on corporate governance, please visit our website at www.cii.org.